I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Jake, and this is the Rotten Potato Podcast with four friends reviewing movies that you absolutely should have already seen. Uh, and I'm here with my friends. If you guys want to introduce yourselves? No. No, nah, no, nah, I'm All good. Right. This, not this episode. <laughs> you should know us by now. Uh, but I'm Tyler. I'm Scott. And I'm Zach. <laughs> All right. Zach's sick this week. I mean, I'm, I talk about myself in the third person. <laughs> kind of a crazy person. But. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows Zach is the craziest of our friends. Yep. Out yeah. of the four of us for sure. Yeah. I hope this is when we get a bunch of new listeners and uh <laughs> nobody knows who you guys are. Yeah. Everyone's gonna be tuning into Dirty Harry for the first time. You know what? <laughs> this is a great movie to start on for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like I picked this movie and I remembered really liking it. Um and then when we were watching it, I realized I only remembered about four scenes from the movie. <laughs> How long ago was it when you first watched or when you last watched it? I mean, really, maybe like 15 years ago. Okay. Like I watched it on TV with my dad. Got it. And I remember the opening really well. And then a few scenes from the middle. We'll get into them as we get there. But I just did not remember most of this. Yeah. And the rest of us were late bloomers. You were yeah. the only one to have this seen this movie. Time. Yeah, and I don't I don't regret picking it still, even yeah. though I didn't love it. No, I'm glad I have context for it now because it is such like a big movie. Like oh, I yeah. hear about Dirty Harry all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad I've seen it now. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever want to go back and watch it again. But. I would probably watch this again. I, like this is the kind of movie I would like watch with my dad or, you know, I think that it, I mean, it didn't age well for us. I probably won't ever watch this with my son, but, uh, I think it'd be one of those movies that if I was with someone and they were like, I've never seen dirty Harry, I'd be like, yeah, let's put it on. Let's watch it. Yeah. But if we both have, we'd be like, let's pick something better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anything like else. sudden yeah. impact or Magnum force. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the sequels. One that of we the also sequels. haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, some of the facts about this, uh, this was, uh, directed by Don Siegel, uh, who, you know, just by name, unfortunately I didn't know anything about, but, uh, he is most famous for directing the very first sci-fi film ever, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 1956. It's another movie that my dad really loves. Yeah. Well, and hmm. it's kind of cool that it was the first sci-fi film. Like, you yeah, know, like he created a genre. Uh, and then, you know, in 1971, uh, directed Dirty Harry. Uh, but uh, he had also, uh, you know, later in the 70s, uh, he did another uh, Clint Eastwood film, uh, which is pretty great, uh, Escape from Alcatraz. That is a really great movie. That is a great movie. Mm, he directed he did that, that one too. Mm-hmm. And uh, he directed John Wayne's final film, wow. the, the Shootist. I had never heard of this guy before, and uh, he has a pretty impressive filmography yeah he does uh like i said 1971 this was actually released december 23rd the day before christmas eve another christmas oh, the day movie. Before, i thought you were gonna say the day before christmas and no. i was like wait which i don't know i feel like is a weird day to maybe like years ago in the 70s like that made like sense uh, maybe people, maybe movie theaters were closed on christmas back mm. then or yeah. yeah i don't know what what a perfect 
family Christmas movie, though, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- this is as much a Christmas movie as Die Hard is. Doesn't Die Hard actually take place during... Okay, I've yeah. never seen Die Hard, and it's on the list somewhere. It is on the so, list, yeah. yeah. That's a great one. Uh, this, is, this actually kind of blew me away. Uh, the budget for this film uh, was $4 million, but it did $36 million in the box oh, wow. office. That's wow. quite a bit. It did a lot. Uh, and uh, so, it like... Did- is it like almost exactly as much as Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. But Life Aquatic but came out like, in 2004. Yeah, 30 years Life earlier. Life Aquatic lost 16. Exactly. This one was positive 32. Yeah. Exactly. 32 in 1974 dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So 36 million uh, in, uh, of 1972 dollars in today's dollars, I looked it up, uh, is 20, 230 million. Wow. That's pretty good. So it's a very successful box office. Yeah. Box office. But kind of interestingly, it wasn't the biggest box office hit of that year. What well, was? Uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, interesting. So also ahead of that in the box office in 1971, uh, ahead of it in the box office was uh, Fiddler on the Roof, Diamonds Are Forever, uh, the James Bond movie, mm-hmm. uh, The French Connection, uh, which... I don't know what that is. I know what it is, but I've never I've seen never it. I've never seen it, but I know what it is, yeah. And then A Clockwork Orange. A Clockwork Orange beat this? No, it was just it also came out that year. The other oh, three beat I see. this. Got it. Because it was number four, and A Clockwork Orange was, was number five. five. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. No, I've never no, seen A Clockwork Orange, but please don't make me watch no. it. No. This oh, gosh. is not a great family film to take your, your family to for Christmas. That's a worse one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, A Clockwork Orange is a really bizarre, terrible movie. I love Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. But this is not... Like, I wouldn't even put this on the list of movies that I like from It's the kind of movie where you watch it and you think, like, okay, he's a great director. I don't know if I ever want to meet him as a person. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But uh, this uh, was really well-received, obviously, at the time, uh, but also critically. It got a 91% on uh, the other guy's website. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 7.7 on IMDb. It was well-received enough to get, like, five sequels. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. It was, it well, was. Well, when you invest four million and get thirty six back, like that's you're gonna keep throwing money at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. So you already kind of talked about it a little bit, Jake, but you you nominated the movie. Yeah, I did. Um, are we jumping into the feedback? Yeah, yeah. Your your uh, your feedback. Why you chose this? Uh, I mean, I chose it just because I really the part of the movie that I remembered best. And when I was thinking about it was like probably the opening 30 minutes, which is okay. I think the strongest part of the movie and like, how old were we? How old were you the last time you saw this? I mean, I really think I might've been like eight or nine. It was on TV. I just sat down with my dad one day watching it. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a lot that you do not get to see when you watch it on TV. I can tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have kind of like a, a, like a not like hard rule, but we have a pretty firm rule about like, yeah, we don't want anything with like gratuitous, you know, sex or nudity or, and it was like, man, this had a lot of nudity. Yeah. It was really drawing the line. Like it was really close to the line. And I, I just didn't know. Yeah. You know, I should have looked it up because it wasn't there when you watched it the first time. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's like blazing saddles. If you watch it on TV, it's super funny and cool. Yeah. And then when you watch it without any of the edits, it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember when I was probably, yeah, around eight or so, um, my parents rented airplane (laughs) and they forgot that there's, uh, like a topless scene in the movie. 
And my mom was like, oh gosh, like I totally forgot about this. The same exact thing happened with us. Yeah. Yeah. With that same movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, it's just at a left field and like. Yeah. We were watching with my dad and then my mom came home that night and he was like, well, uh, there's something I need to tell you. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I showed the boys boobs. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, you, it's an, a value, important film for you. Yeah, I mean, it is a. I mean, I still do think like parts of it were fun and silly, and that was what I thought would be fun for us to talk about. Sure. And parts of it just didn't age great. Yeah. You know. So. So all three of us were late bloomers. So Zach, we'll start with you. Hmm. Um. You know what? I still liked the movie. I enjoyed it. Um. I actually enjoyed the first half quite a bit. I felt like uh, I didn't love the second half. The second half to me kind of felt like just the first half again. Um, And we'll kind of get into the plot breakdown, but uh, they catch the guy and then they have to release him because they have no evidence. And then he's kind of just back out doing the exact same thing. And it does just kind of feel like a rehash of the first, like it just kind of felt a little stale at that point. Yeah. Um, And so uh, by that, I I think I was just kind of ready for it to wrap up a little bit. But uh, I liked Clint Eastwood in this movie. Um, We were kind of talking about before that we all really enjoyed um, whoever it was that played Scorpio. I'm looking at right now. Andrew Andrew Robinson. Robinson. Um, He did a really great job. And this was his uh, first movie that he had ever starred in. Previously to this, he had just been doing theater. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of like really cool kind of iconic scenes. like Scott, it was cool just to have some context for this movie and to kind of just finally have seen it. This mm-hmm. movie that, you know, I've heard a lot about in the past. Um, and like know the lines from. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but has haven't actually seen it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just to kind of see, I haven't seen too much from Clint Eastwood's um, career and to just kind of see one of his, you know, like peak performances or I guess m- more iconic roles um, is always kind of cool. Uh, but there was a lot about it. That, that and Space Cowboys. Yeah, um, but there was a lot about this movie that didn't make a ton of sense. Um, kind of some random lines, random random scenes that we all were just kind of like looking around thinking like, what just happened? Why is this in here? I will say I liked watching it with you guys. I think I would have liked it less if I wasn't watching it just with you. Just watch it by yourself? Yeah. I probably wouldn't have gotten through it if I was just watching it by myself. Mm. Well, what did you think of the movie, Scott? What were your thoughts? <clears throat> Like I said, I'm, I'm glad I watched it and like I, I know the movie now. Um, I would say I was able to follow it decent. So like comparing it to a few episodes ago, we watched Life Aquatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I followed this one more easy, but I would say I probably actually enjoyed Life Aquatic more than this one. Mm. Yeah, I do too. I, I Yeah, I think I would agree. This is, yeah, it's just a movie that we absolutely should have seen already. Uh, and I can totally see why... Uh, you know, Scott, uh, before we started recording the episode, Scott asked, uh, like, why is this movie like so acclaimed? And I was like, have you seen any of the other movies from the 1960s and seventies? Like they, the rest of them are terrible. Like, <laughs> like it's just a lot of weird, bad movies. And I could see why this would really stick out for moviegoers. And well, I know uh, it's later, but wasn't uh, Raiders in the late seventies? No, Raiders was in the early eighties. Early eighties. Oh, so yeah. this is the oldest film that we've done so that far we've done on the so podcast. Yeah. yeah, by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, next would have been Stand by Me, I think. Well, Red Next would have been Raiders. Stand by Me was like eighty six, and Raiders oh, okay. was like eighty one. Okay, got it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I really uh, I enjoyed 
watching the movie, I wouldn't say that I enjoyed the movie. Uh, like it was fun to watch it with you guys. Uh, and it was especially fun uh, watching it with Jake who nominated it. And then like him realizing as we're watching this movie <laughs> that he re- really remembers none of it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, it was like a kind of a thing for me where I was like, man, like, did I watch this movie? <laughs> and then I was like, maybe I just watched the opening, but then I was like, okay, I remember some later scenes, I guess, but yeah. What happened in the middle? I don't know. But I mean, it was like nearly 20 years ago that you watched it. Sure. So, I mean, I, I, my memory from 20 years ago isn't great. I think for me too, just like the, the actual like shots and filming of this movie were just so old to me. Like they had the super prolonged like shots mm-hmm. with uh, even like him going up on the, the little cage to <laughs> that, like, was, that was like a case. solid 30 seconds to, to rescue the suicide jumper. Yeah, yeah. Of like no talking, just <laughs> him slowly elevating. <laughs> like it's something out of like, we would like a, a comedy. comedy yeah. yeah. Like I was laughing throughout the movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I made the joke before we started it. I was like, this is a comedy, right? Yeah. And we were like, oh yeah. Ha ha. And then like, <laughs> I actually found myself laughing. Like this is something that would be in a comedy today. Yeah. I thought this movie had good bones. Like I, I liked the core of what it was. And I, I thought to myself a couple times, like, I feel like if this was um, like a little more updated, like if it was made now yeah, um, with a little less of its cheeky kind of movie dialogue, and less racism um uh, (laughs) it would actually be like a pretty good movie like Uh i could see myself really enjoying this movie okay so i've got one for you guys then the plot Uh, seems good yeah Yeah. oh totally yeah really good bones uh so originally uh some of the people that they were looking at before they decided on clint eastwood uh was frank sinatra uh, Marlon Brando, Steve McQueen, which made a ton of sense to me. Like mm-hmm. I could totally see Steve McQueen yep. as Dirty Harry. Steve, I I have posited a long time that young Clint Eastwood is the coolest guy of all time, and people will constantly argue back at me with Steve McQueen. Yeah, and I could, I guess I could see it. You can see it. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, and and I can see why you would say Clint Eastwood, but for me, it's it's Steve McQueen. Also, Paul Newman. Uh, they looked at, and then Paul Newman uh, declined uh, because he said it was too right-wing and uh, said, Clint Eastwood will love this, uh, which is kind of funny. I th- I do think that that's accurate. I'm pretty sure Clint Eastwood is pretty... He's he is. very conservative. Yeah. In his, in his uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so those are the people that they were looking at. We ended up with Clint Eastwood. If the movie was being made today and you were in the executive producer chair... Who would you cast for Ooh, Dirty that's Harry? That's a good question. He's a really like cool guy. I don't even I don't know. I so I would I would go with Captain Kirk. What's his name? Oh, uh Chris Pine. Chris I could Pine. see Chris Pine. I yeah. would do Chris Pine. Really? That's my that's my gut instinct. He's my hmm. first person that came to mind. I actually think he seems I, a little too soft to me. Uh I mean, it depends. Like he did. Uh, I mean, they would scruff him up a little bit. You know? Yeah. I I would actually choose John Krasinski for this. I don't know about that one. Yeah. That's tough That's for me to see. That's a hot take for me, but yeah. I, I, I guess I could. I, well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, think about like most recently he's done Jack Ryan. Yeah. I haven't seen that. He uh, <laughs> was in Michael Bay's 13 Hours mm-hmm. as a Navy SEAL and yeah. just was excellent at it. Uh, and there was another, I honestly haven't seen any of his stuff outside of the office. I think we have to ask ourselves, is this, if it's present day, is he as racist and offensive? 
No, I think that he's that would be more PC. He's okay. Then I can totally see John Krasinski or Chris Pine. Yeah, but I think I have in mind that it's still the dirty. Dirty Harry, you know, he's still kind of well, like offensive and he's like he's gonna be a little offensive, just he's not, still gonna be crass and offensive, but it's yeah. gonna be more today's crass. Like he's not gonna be driving through the streets and almost hitting people and then telling them like get out of the way, hammerhead. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's uh calling people fat so using <laughs> yeah. racial slurs. Yeah, exactly. Every racial slur I've ever heard was in this movie. Yeah. It was yeah. as much as Gran Torino, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another except Gran Torino is very focused on a certain race. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we have Chris Pine, John Krasinski, Zach. What, what who would you cast? Mm, the first person that keeps coming to mind for me is Ryan Gosling, but I don't think he, he would take that role. I don't think he would take that role. Mm-hmm. But I think that he would do it well. I could if see he Ryan was. Gosling being the partner for Chris Pine. Yeah, a little bit like nice guys situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I can't see that at all. Ryan Gosling's never been like a, a side character. Like, like he's usually the tough one. Like, have you seen Drive? He's like kind of the tough one and I quiet mean, I mean, and solemn. He just brought up a movie where he was kind of no, no, no. It was that's the, a lot more of like was, a comedy. And that was not Gosling. It was uh, um, uh, Wahlberg. No, Wait, you're talking about the nice guys, right? You're thinking of the other guys. The other guys. You're totally right. The nice guy is, is in the nice guys. Is, uh, yeah. Russell, oh, he is in Russell nice Crowe. Yeah, he's the he's the guy that gets beat up by Russell Crowe's yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. He's like the soft assistant. Yeah, yeah, but that's a comedy. Like, uh, I still am pretty firm on that. This is a comedy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I, it wasn't trying to. Ryan be. Gosling seems so much more tough than Chris Pine he, to me. He doesn't give me any tough vibes at all. Really? Yeah, I don't well, get any of that from him. In, I know what you mean. I've seen Drive, and I do get Drive d- or Blade Runner twenty forty nine or Place Beyond the Pines. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very tough guy. Mm. Every uh, time I hear energy. Ryan Gosling, I think of um, uh, the Notebook. I think of uh, Remember the Titans. I mean, I just think be. Of, <laughs> His is only that, Disney movie. That's yeah, really what you're the, those, These are like super old movies. La La he was like 22 at these <laughs> movies. La La Land's a recent one. Well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't only play tough guys, but he's played quite a bit of tough guys. Did you he just haven't play? seen those movies. Yeah, you just haven't seen any of them. <laughs> okay. I could still have that opinion. <laughs> it's just, you're saying like, oh, he's, you basically said he's always a tough guy. And I was like, okay, well, here's like I didn't five th- movies. I didn't hard. think that I said that. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, who's yeah. your who's your oh, person? Um, I would just pick old man Clint Eastwood, <laughs> <laughs> and not you would bring in Clint Eastwood to play. <laughs> just not address that at all. Like, was like he's still young man, dirty Harry. Like maybe that's what the mule really was. Why not pick up uh, Clint Eastwood's son, Scott? Oh, Scott, Scott Eastwood? Eastwood. I've not seen Scott Eastwood in anything. He's a more attractive version of Clint Eastwood. He's pretty handsome. He was on the cover of Lana Del Rey's latest album. Well, I'm uh. a big. You know, Del Rey fan, so surprised I missed it. Didn't see that. I'm surprised you missed it too. Being such a big Eastwood fan as well. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah. Scott Eastwood fan. <laughs> I I had to be honest. I had no idea who Scott Eastwood was, so I just had to Google him right now. And I don't understand how he's the progeny of Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood's like 85 now or something, mm-hmm. and this dude is young. He looks exactly like Clint Eastwood, though. Oh, he does. I'm just saying, like. Mechanically, how did Eastwood sire children this old? Is or how this old young? Is he? I mean, Scott Eastwood is thirty three. How old is Clint? Clint Eastwood is. I think he's like one hundred and six. Yeah, at least. Uh, <laughs> Eleven to one. Eighty nine. 
89. He's 89. Yeah. <laughs> I realized like I was making a face. I was I was like beyond words. I didn't realize that he was that old. May 31st, 1930. So he, he was, was born. He was he was born 50. before World War II. <laughs> <laughs> he was born almost back to World War One. He was over 50 years old and he had a kid. Yeah. Who does, does he think he's McJagger? I mean, Clint Eastwood, yeah, Clint Eastwood was almost old enough to have been in World War II. Uh-huh. Like, almost. That's mm. crazy. <laughs> yeah, and so, wait, this came out in 70... 71. 71. So he was 41 when, in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was older making this movie. Clint Eastwood was older than his son is right now by wow. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> And then he went on to make five more after that. <laughs> you know what? And he he was starring in like westerns still 20 years later doing like, act- he's still starring oh, yeah. in he's still doing movies stuff now. now. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy. What was his most recent movie? The Mule. The Mule. Oh, I never that he acted in or directed? Acted. Yeah. The Mule. Oh yeah. What did he direct last year? He just had, um, he had Richard Jewell. Oh, Richard out. Jewell. That, yeah. yeah that's what it was. I never saw. I didn't see it either, but it looked good. I yep. don't, I didn't even hear of it. Oh, it was like a, it, it was a true story of the guy who like, uh, thwarted a bombing, but then got pegged with the bombing. Was it at the Boston? Oh wait, marathon? Yeah. Sam Rockwell yeah. was in that. No, movie, not the right? Boston marathon. It was at a uh, stadium. Oh, I don't know. Sam Rockwell was in that. Yeah, Sam Rockwell he was is. In it. Yeah, I did hear of it. You kind of said this when we were watching it too, but I could see Mark Ruffalo as the yeah, as, as the, the partner. The partner. Well, you know what oh, was I interesting too is is um, it's just one of the I felt like many connections that reminded me of of Zodiac. Have you guys seen the movie Zodiac? Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. So um, have you seen it, Jake? Uh, I think I have. We might have to put it on the list. It's a great movie. So Zodiac, if you don't know, is all about um, uh, based on a true story. Um, the Zodiac Killer back in the 60s and 70s. It was this killer in San Francisco um, who would communicate to like the authorities, but also the press. He would leave these um, notes and um, he would force them to publish them in the paper, I believe. Right? Yeah, he, he said, if you don't put this in the paper, I'm going to kill more. Yeah, yeah, which was similar to how Scorpio kind of um, acted as well in this movie and then also took place in San Francisco. The movie was loosely based on It was. Mm -hmm. And Mark Ruffalo plays one of the detectives in Zodiac. And so it was interesting to see this guy, um, uh, Harry's partner's name is Gonzalez, to see Gonzalez in... I mean, Scott and I both agree. He kind of looked and acted similar to Mark Ruffalo. There was times where he had certain mannerisms. Yeah, that exactly. Were like and Mark so Ruffalo, it was yeah. it was so odd to see this and kind of just get that like deja vu from Zodiac. There's even a scene we'll get to it, I guess, a little bit later when um, when Scorpio hijacks uh, a school bus with kids on it, and at the time Zodiac threatened to um, shoot up a school bus and mm. shoot the kids as they walked out unless they did something. I don't remember. Uh, if it's not on the list, we should put Zodiac on the list. We should. We will. It's a great movie. It's, it's a, a fantastic movie. Jake Gyllenhaal does a great job. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Our DJ yeah. is in it. And uh, it. Uh, a lot of people don't realize um, maybe some... So I, is that I when would, Iron Man and the Hulk first met? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. I didn't think about that. Uh, and Mysterio. And Mysterio. And Mysterio, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't realize this, uh, and it has a, a brief appearance in the movie. 
Um, but uh, a big part of the Zodiac investigation back in the day was actually in Riverside, in the city of Riverside. Uh, oh, that's right. RCC was the site yeah. of one of the kidnappings. Yeah, wow. the Zodiac, he, I think he primarily kind of killed in San Francisco, but he would kind of travel along the coast, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A really interesting story. Oh, so yeah. this movie came out while it, the Zodiac Killer was active and killing? I think like Definitely. maybe maybe during more so like towards the tail end because i think he started killing in the summer of 69 which i I think that's when his first killing was found because i thought that was so interesting that it was the same summer as um the manson murders yeah it it pretty much yeah was around the time so the span of his crimes uh was the late 60s in through the early 70s that's crazy like that they would make this movie about so soon as it's happening it wasn't even over Yeah. yeah Like, like the public is watching this in theaters and thinking like this just happened. Well, that's might have also really fed into why it had such a good box office. That's true. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Because stories have always been like movies have always been a way for uh, people to process what's going on mm-hmm. in their real life. Uh, and yeah, I could totally see that why that would be something that would be uh, like maybe even cathartic to see the Zodiac killer where a uh, plot. You know, well, and spoiler. it also makes sense why this guy's getting killed. Why this, killed like yeah, to killed. see Dirty Harry shoot him up and leave him in yeah. a But it also pond. makes sense why this actor was getting like death threats and stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. They were actually associating him with these actual events that are happening at that time. We talked about that off podcast. But yeah, the the actor who plays... Uh, um, the actor who plays Andrew Scorpio Robinson. ...was uh, receiving death threats. Uh, in from his role, from his role, yeah. which was super interesting because we were reading a little bit beforehand that um, <clears throat> Andrew Robinson was actually a pacifist and who despised guns. And apparently, when they were shooting this movie, he was so terrible, or I guess I should say, so unconvincing. Whenever he would fire the uh, his guns, he would flinch, and so they actually had to like shut down production and send him um, to a school to learn how to fire a gun convincingly. And then even then, um, according to IMDb, that he would blink every time he would shoot. And Tyler, you said you noticed that watching oh, yeah. the movie, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I totally noticed. Uh, I mean, growing up, uh, shooting quite a bit, like it was something that was like really obvious to me. I was like, man, he doesn't know how to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, bef- you know, we're, we're, Given a little way here and there, let's uh, let's kind of just jump into the play-by-play. Jake, do you want to start us off? This is your chance, Jake, to redeem yourself from your uh, plot analysis of Stand by Me. I feel like <laughs> I wasn't giving a plot analysis. I was giving. A, I, a I thought that at play the time. By play. Yeah. Yeah. It's about two rival gangs. <laughs> One's way cooler than the other. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you're listening to us and you're like, "What are they talking about?" Go back and listen to our first episode. Yeah, Stand, Stand by, by me. me. Yeah, go. Listen to Jake botch the plot analysis of that (laughs) movie. Be on my side. (laughs) Okay. No, I I defended you that day, remember? I was like, well, I think you were kind of like doing the... Yeah. Like... I think all the the scenes. Yeah, you kind of attacked him and I I was like, hey, well, actually not that bad, but yeah. Somebody. Yeah, What? tell Um, us about Dirty Harry. So we start off on uh, a sniper in a rooftop in San Francisco looking over just some woman swimming on a rooftop pool, which was kind of a boring, lamest, yeah. lamest looking rooftop. Why pool did he shoot seen. her? I I just, it doesn't explain, but I'm curious as to why you guys think he targeted a white woman. Well, I, I the Zodiac killer was random. Yeah. Like yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. Choose his targets. But they later were, in the movie, he 
doesn't seem to be random. The Scor- Scorpio in this movie, he seems to have some sort of agenda because uh, he Harry comes onto the scene, checks out the body, goes and he sees the rooftop. He goes and checks it out and he leaves a note saying that he was going to kill a, a priest or an African-American person like that was he but, didn't say but he that. used vulgar terms yeah yeah and then again later he does then end up just capturing and then killing a 14 year old girl and so it is actually pretty random now that i think yeah about it. who was white yeah i yeah, mean he yeah. calls out like uh two victims but i mean the priest was like you know he was just a priest like it, it wasn't like a minority a good or, old padre yeah so i i yeah i would say it was just random yeah you're right i think he was probably attracted to her and just was like mm. Mm. Yeah, I something think for beautiful. Him it's just anything that, that catches his eye. Yeah, right. Because like, like we have the scene where he's up on the roof and he's just spotting, and he sees uh, the African American uh, gay person, and uh, he's like, "All right, that's the person I'm going to shoot." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah. I agree. I think it's just uh, whatever, whatever just captures his interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, Harry comes on the scene, and he seems to be. I mean, I don't know. He, he just looks like whatever regular detective. And then we get to the feeling that he's a bit of a bad boy, you know? Right. Like, yeah. When he uh, gets called into the mayor's office and uh, it's like, uh, as he's coming in, the mayor's like, wait, Callahan, like, wasn't that? And then Dirty Harry comes in. So we get the idea that like he has a he little has bit a of a story. History of, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, his reputation precedes him. Yeah. Dirty Harry comes in and he's so flippant with the mayor and he's like he's like what have you been doing it's like well for the past 45 minutes i've been sitting on my ass in your uh in your, <laughs> in your front in office your waiting room, yeah. yeah um and so like he's just and he even gets a warning like hey that's the mayor you're talking to that's yeah. a mayor you're talking to bucko and he didn't and care at all let me ask and maybe you know more about this than anyone does the mayor have any kind of governance over the police force yeah so like uh, the mayor can like command an officer to do something for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so the mayor is the head of the city in the same way that like the governor is the head of the state and the president's the head of the country. Got it. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, they all public service report ultimately to, you know, the mayor or the city council or, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I never really associated mayors with like the executive office. Yeah. Well, it's different from city to city. Uh, well, I guess for me, it made less sense because uh, the city I'm from doesn't have their own police force. We just have like the county contract the sheriff. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, if, and then so he gets assigned to this uh, investigation to track down Scorpio that he signs. That's he signs uh, the note that he leaves behind. And then he goes and gets lunch uh, immediately <laughs> later, immediately after, uh, and he sees a suspicious looking car. And this is kind of like our big introduction to him. And this is the scene that we took that audio clip from for our uh, mm-hmm. our opening of the podcast. That even if you haven't seen the movie, you've you know 100% have heard that line before. Where there's a, a bank robbery in process and he's eating lunch and he just tells the guy behind the counter, like, hey, Call the police and tell them there's a 211 in progress <laughs> when there's nothing happening yet that he knows of. Make yeah. sure you say it's in progress. Yeah. And then that's, you, that's just how good he is. Oh, yeah. He knows it's happening. 
And then so, but then, he's still going to just eat his hot dog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. He, he hears gunshots go off and then takes a bite of his hot dog. And then's like, all right, I guess I'm going to do this. <laughs> and then he goes out. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if you guys know this. Even through the end of the scene, he's still chewing. He's still chewing. Like when it first happens, he goes, halt. And like hot dog, like spews out of his <laughs> mouth. Where he goes, halt. And it's like, he's like definitely still eating while he's in this gunfight. Yeah, he's still eating. And he walks, he's, he walks out, there's gunfire and he's, walking straight up unconcerned like just <laughs> gun at his side kind of and then he just he pulls and off doesn't carry himself like a police officer not even a little bit no no not at all well he doesn't as soon as so he kills these uh these robbers he like great like pulls off he shoots one dude as he's running away he shoots the driver of a car yeah. and just crashes the car and then one of the guys gets out and he shoots him through a window, like through a storefront window. And then he just walks casually up to the last remaining guy who's been shot and he's bleeding out. And uh, Dirty Harry walks up and he's just got this gun uh, and like all these innocent people, like just civilians are around and he doesn't like identify. It's okay. I'm the police. Like, like to them, they're like, is, is it's he just, just like a, a rival gang a, shootout yeah, or something? Like, yeah. Because he's, he's not in like, he's like a plain clothes detective. Luckily, yeah. none of those civilians had a CCW of any kind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not in San Francisco, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> but then he, uh, he pulls off his perfect or his, uh, his great iconic speech he gives. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the do line, you feel yeah. lucky? That and you heard then, earlier. Yeah. And then we found out when we we're doing the little bit of trivia that, in the first rewrite of the script or like one of the early versions well, of the script? Well, because what you didn't hear in the line is he he points the gun at the robber um, or after the line, the robber says, I got to know. Oh, yeah. I got to know. Like, is there one last bullet? And so he points it at the robber and he pulls the trigger and uh, no bullet escapes, obviously. And in the, why don't you take it, Jake? Yep. So then in like a, an early version of the script, they had him point the gun at his own temple, pull yeah. the trigger, laugh and walk away. <laughs> but then... Um, which is some like Joker stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. oh, totally. Yeah, but then like Clint Eastwood and uh, Seagal, I forget his first name. He yeah. they decided it was too extreme, even for Bad Boy Dirty Harry. So yeah, I can kind of see how it, it would seem. It would almost like you would see that and kind of think like, is Dirty Harry also kind of crazy? Is he unhinged? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Which I think he is. Yeah, a little. I I just think that he has no filter. I don't think that he's unhinged. I think that he's just like, he's over it. He's seen enough and he just doesn't have a filter anymore. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of would have liked that scene even more if he put the gun to his own temple. It would have felt a little weird to me. I don't know. Maybe it was just because I've seen that scene a million times. Sure. I know? think I like it the way it is because it's almost like the robbers asking, I got to know. And it's almost kind of like, hey, you asked for it. Like if yeah. there's one left, it's going into you. Yeah. And he pulls the trigger at him and he's like, you got lucky. Yeah. You know? Do you think he actually knew or no? I think he did. I think he knew. I think because uh, Dirty Harry seems like a very competent uh, uh, shooter. Like he, it seems like he really with knows his, what he's with doing. his revolver, not with his rifle. With his forty-four, <laughs> yeah, the well, most powerful gun in the world. And then even like later in the movie, this is like the very end of the movie, but he, he's in a, another standoff like that where the guy uh, is going to be going for his gun. And it's very much more likely that he's going to be able to get it off, and he does the gamble again. It seemed like he just was ready. He knew he like he, he knew he had the yeah six he knew uh -huh. he knew. Well, also he's so good with the revolver. He has the gun like about in like drop position, and yeah. there's the uh, uh, Scorpio has a kid in front of him. Yeah, and he's so comfortable and is able to pull off just 
quick shot without even aiming down sights and getting the guy in the shoulder. Yeah. Like, yeah, that I don't was know how you're that good of aim oh. with the revolver and can't hit a broadside of a barn with a with a, a rifle. rifle. We'll get there. We'll get there. So at about the same distance. That was like a <laughs> like Life Aquatic with Steve Zisu gunfight logic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Zisu, <laughs> Zisu logic. Um, and so then he after that goes to the police station. The, everybody's calling him a hero. Yeah, a, a lot of destruction. A lot of people dead, but. I guess he's a hero. Yeah. Um, and he gets assigned a new partner because his partner is in the hospital because he got shot. Apparently all of his partners get Die. shot. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he doesn't he doesn't want a partner. He doesn't like this guy, Gonzalez, but he'll be like accompanying him throughout the rest of this investigation. And there's a lot of like tension. They they tell you like, oh, why do they call him Dirty Harry? And they're like, well, Harry hates everybody. That's why they call him Dirty Harry. And this is something they get into. Three times probably in the movie. We get three different answers. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I was going to I'm glad you said that. I was going to say that. That it's kind of funny that, yeah, there are like three different reasons why he's Dirty Harry, which I kind of like. It just adds to more of the, like... It's kind of like mystique a, of the character. The Joker. How, how do you think I got these scars? Yeah, yeah like totally. a different story every time. Yeah. yeah. No, I kind of I kind of really like that. I like but, that, too. Uh, but uh, he gets this new partner, and they uh, begin their investigation... Uh, they're going to try and uh, thwart uh, and capture the uh, uh, Scorpio. And they, the two of them are, are on a roof underneath a Jesus saves. Well, there's a, actually there's another scene before this where the killer is thwarted because he's going to kill that, uh, that one guy. They're like, they have surveillance. Outside oh, that's of, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Catholic the churches yeah. uh, and all those things. And then he's going to just, he just picks a guy to shoot. Uh, he just kind of sees a flamboyant looking guy and he's like, okay, I'm going to kill this guy. Um, but then he gets spotted and he mm-hmm. runs away and then they look into that and then they get called onto uh, this scene. I don't know why it was in the movie, but they get called into a jumper. They think, oh, this was our rooftop shooter. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and we see Harry talk, <laughs> talk down a jumper. I don't know that you could really say that. He, I wouldn't say he talked him down. Yeah, He induced him into jumping and then he caught him <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he, he comes up on this lift really slowly, really long. Scott <laughs> talked about it earlier. Uh, and best scene in the movie. Yeah. And then he's just making fun of this guy and he's like, dude, it's going to be so messy. Like, I don't even want to clean this up. Just don't do it. Like, let me get your information now. So I don't have to find your wallet. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, in all the blood. Yeah. And then the guy just jumps and then catches him and they punches him in the face and knocks him out <laughs> and then brings him down. Just, that's why he's dirty. Harry. That's yeah. and any, any dirty job there is. Uh, well, and you did pass over a uh, hot Mary as well. Hot oh, Mary right. was right before that. Oh yeah. They were, they were looking for, uh, they were looking for, for the guy and the partner Gonzalez thinks he, he sees him uh, carrying, you know, the suitcase. So he keeps his, his uh, sniper rifle in. And uh, so dirty Harry pursues stealthily and uh, ends up like kind of, peeping tomming like it ended up not being the guy it was just a different guy carrying a, a suitcase but he keeps looking for but a little bit he keeps looking and then he gets beat up by some uh local uh local bums yeah they were just really like, defending don't you know that's hot mary's apartment <laughs> the honor of hot mary hot mary he was looking hot at mary hot mary her with her boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> who looked like a, he looked like a, a shot out Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. We'll just say that uh, if you see who this is, uh, you probably would not hot Mary's nickname generous. her. <laughs> hot Mary. I, I really think hot Mary is one of those. It's like little John. Like it's yeah. like a, it's like a cruel ironic nickname. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Oh, hot Mary over there. Yeah. Uh, if you're still alive, hot Mary, we think you're beautiful on the inside. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know that we have any basis to go off of that, but I'll go with it. <laughs> well, we've just insulted this poor she woman. She could be a terrible person. Uh, so, uh, the, I want to jump back ahead though, to the, mm-hmm. uh, to the basket scene, uh, the, the roof jumper scene. Uh, my favorite part about that is that it's a locked off shot looking down that dirty Harry just comes into frame. Yeah. yeah. There's like, at least five seconds where he's not on the shot. That's what makes it almost look like a comedic scene. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm so surprised he's not like smiling. Well, he was like, so straight faced and patient. <laughs> he was just like, I was All right. fully ready for Will Ferrell to be in the basket. <laughs> up. Yeah. It was just so, it was so funny. Uh, like that could have been from the other guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I almost want to give them heat that they didn't include, like, how can you be familiar with this movie, write a comedy today about like cops and not rip off this scene Uh (laughs) because it's just perfect comedy missed opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Like, come on, Will Ferrell, you can do better. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) yeah, that's our, our second reason is that, uh, any dirty job there is, uh, he gets on it. He, they're gonna call. They're gonna call Harry. Uh, so we have a little bit more of. Uh, now we get to the point where they're they're under the the Jesus saves mm-hmm. light, which I, I don't know why. I just thought it was fun or funny. Um, but like the, I I would guess the real reason is because it was just a source of light at night, mm. like a practical light. Because the thing about this movie, and I wouldn't have known this to be true about other movies at the time, but it was so like, they did not use any sort of set lighting. Mm-mm. It was pretty dark. Like it was all shot on location. Like it wasn't shot in a, you know, studio in a set mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Uh, but still like you bring in lights, you know, to like light your, yeah, yeah. give it like some moonlight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just cheat lights uh, to, you know, in, in movies, but they didn't do that in this. And so, so much of it was so dark. Uh, and so I really think that that was the only reason for shooting it underneath that sign is it was like, we can have this eerie red light. Yeah. And like, there were quite a few scenes where I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on. Cause I'm couldn't see. Too dark, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, they they see Scorpio, and this is the first time uh, that uh, Dirty Harry has actually seen Scorpio, right? I think so, yeah. He sees him come onto the roof, and he's going over to take out the priest. Uh, and Dirty Harry and Gonzalez surprise him. And yeah, Scott, what what was his? Uh, For some reason, he had a machine gun. Yeah, <laughs> Scorpio did. Scorpio did. Yeah. Like, like up to this a, point, he's had his rifle. Right, yeah. With a silencer on it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he has a machine gun and he immediately turns and starts just blasting away at <laughs> Dirty Harry and Gonzalez. And Dirty Harry just can't hit, he, he, he can't has, hit anything. He requested a hunting rifle, like a really big, really big rifle. And yeah. I don't know why they, they had a scene where he special requested it and it did not. He, he abandoned it after that. He's like, I don't know he why. He left I it on this. the roof. <laughs> he just missed every shot. Presumably, I think he would have had a better chance if he would have just used his forty-four. Yeah, I mean, he clearly gets in more range time with it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but uh, they uh, aren't able to. They aren't able to hit the. They don't hit Scorpio in no, that. No, they don't. In that gunfight, 
Uh, hit anything. Neither of them hit anything. Just Scorpio takes out the Jesus save sign. Yeah. And, and a laughing, cough at the end. And laughing. <laughs> and he's shooting the Jesus mm-hmm. save sign. And uh, yeah, and then Scorpio gets away. And in the process of getting away, he actually kills a patrol officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, yeah. Uh, what I, I, the Some of the details on this are getting a little fuzzy. After he kills the patrol officer, they take off trying to run after him. But we just kind of leave, right? They don't, yeah. They don't keep pursuing I don't think any, I don't, They don't find they him. They don't find him at that point. He gets away. Yeah. Uh, really easy to get away, apparently, from the San Francisco Police Department in this movie. Like, <laughs> just on foot. Yeah. So many cops around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And not only so many cops. Like, did you see the crowd of people that this attracted? Yeah. He just, I don't know how he did it. Yeah. But uh, he blended into the crowd, got away. Then uh, after that, he ended up killing uh, the little boy. Yeah. Then he successfully kills a little boy, 10 years old. Oh, yeah. I remember. I, that was one of the scenes I remember watching on TV. Yeah. And I was like, man. And oh, he- yeah. I completely forgot about that scene until now. Yeah. Yeah. And also, he's chronically leaving these casings behind. Well, he's also leaving notes. Like, he wants to be found, right? Yeah. Like, he's leaving notes behind. He's asking for, like, his, his motivations are super unclear to me. Like, he asked for $100,000, and then later he asked for $200,000. But is that his only motivation? Is he just wants money? That's why he's killing people? I think it's a combination of, like, wanting money, but also just enjoying killing people. Well, it's interesting. As um, we were doing a little bit of research beforehand, I guess the actor, Andrew Robinson, um, ended up creating a backstory for the character Scorpio, uh, where he was drafted into the Vietnam War and saw unspeakable horrors as he was in the war. And then when he returns home, he finds himself a figure of hate. Um, and so that kind of uh, combined with his experiences in Vietnam just leads him to go insane. And so the character is is just insane. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Mm-hmm. He, he plays it very well. Uh, I think we said earlier that we kind of thought Andrew Robinson was, uh, he, to me, was the best part of the movie um, as far as acting goes. I thought he did a fantastic job. Oh, I would agree. He was very disturbing, off-putting, uncomfortable. Um, he did it very well. And it makes so much sense to me to hear that he was previously a theater actor because yeah. his facial expressions were, like, they were really big and animated, like they have to be in theater, but mm-hmm. very convincing. Like, it was just like, man, this dude, like, he had the best crazy eyes I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting as well. Um, I guess at some point during production, they had um, they had Terrence Malick come and write a draft of this movie. And if you've never heard of Terrence Malick, he has directed... Um, the Thin Red Line, yeah, which is about Vietnam, which is kind of interesting in itself. Right. And then a bunch of just really kind of weird, aimless plot type movies, yeah. uh, which I cannot think of any right now. Tree of Life. Tree of Life, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I can't think of any more right now. Yeah, uh, we probably will never do a movie of his on this podcast. No, but he, you guys would hate Terrence Malick. Yeah, um, but he... <laughs> so he like fun? He wanted um, more of a vigilante type villain who would kill wealthy criminals who had escaped justice. And I guess um, Siegel, the director, didn't like that script, but Eastwood actually did. And so they end up using that script for the sequel, Magnum Force. Hmm. I don't think I've actually watched Magnum Force, but. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the movies in this. Mm-hmm. Maybe on my own time. And while we're at, or while we're on some trivia for this movie, I do just want to. F- put in here before I forget that my favorite thing that I found about this movie is apparently a police department in the Philippines 
ordered a print of this movie to use as training film for their officers. <laughs> That's really a well-run police department. Yeah. <laughs> they are, every cop is monologuing when they go to... <laughs> yeah. All of them have 44s. <laughs> yeah. But they always get the guy. <laughs> and, they're and they're all very racist. Super so. racist. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to think that they never updated. Like, if you go they, to... It's still that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it this is slightly unrelated, but it's... Uh, it that makes me think of uh, it's almost like the lud- lunacy of the fact that uh, um, Jason Seagal is uh, oh actually is a cop actually a cop <laughs> yeah. oh Steven Seagal Steven, Steven Seagal, Seagal. Yeah, yeah yeah that'd be amazing if Jason Seagal was that would <laughs> no but Steven Seagal is actually a cop yeah like that's what this reminds me of the fact that the Philippines are using Dirty Harry as a uh, training, video. training video they probably fly Steven Seagal in to do to like uh, train <laughs> the officers training. in person yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for the sake of time I'll kind of I'll kind of skip ahead a little bit um, eventually uh, Scorpio kind of ends up leading. Um, I'm blanking on Harry, Dirty yeah. Harry. Uh, kind of on this trail, he's having to answer all these phone calls and kind of lead him to the spot where he's going to drop off the money. Well, because well, he kidnapped Scorpio the kidnapped girl. a girl. And yes, yeah, she's you're right. Because like you do somewhere. anything wrong and the girl dies, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they're kind of like racing against the clock. The The mayor decides to just pay him the money so that they can get this girl back. And so um, Harry... Which, by the way, I've just got to say, I had no idea that uh, that... Uh, Die Hard 3 stole this plot piece from Dirty Harry. Like I wouldn't know. That's Die Hard 3. Like the whole premise of the movie is is uh, hmm. Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, yeah, uh, running from payphone to payphone to keep uh, this madman from uh, detonating a bomb in a park. It was cool. I liked that. Yeah, that development in the story. Uh, Clint Eastwood or Dirty Harry has a perfect knowledge of San Francisco. He's like, you know, yeah. this phone booth by this hamburger stand. And he's like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. also has quite a bit of endurance. He oh, does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he yeah, ran over out. all of San Francisco. Cause he said no cars. Yeah. So he ends up, he didn't take a- the uh, subway at some point. No, he took a bus. He, yeah. He, he was, was on a track. He, well, he was, walking, he was walking on a, oh. like on a train tracks through a tunnel, but he was riding on a bus. Oh, yeah. It, it looked like it, that was on a track to me, but I might be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I guess it, it could be, uh, a, it could have been a trolley. Could have been. San Francisco. It wasn't. But <laughs> uh, he ends up uh, catching up with Scorpio, mm-hmm. uh, or they, they finally get to the meeting point, mm-hmm. and uh, he, Scorpio beats the crap out of Dirty Harry. Yeah, he really does. And Dirty Harry does absolutely nothing to defend himself. Like Except. He just, well, he had, before he went on this chase, scotch taped a switchblade to his leg. Um, and I don't know why that was more convenient to get to than and the where lieutenant was, was disgusted. He's yeah. like, that's disgusting that you know how to use that but a weapon. Cop knows how to use that weapon. Yeah. Just like any other knife. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just a knife with a button, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so like, that's the thing you're offended by dirty Harry. <laughs> yeah. How about the four people? Every other part of dirty yeah. Harry makes sense, but this is atrocious. <laughs> You've crossed the line. Um, but he, uh, then Gonzalez comes to his rescue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And he starts shooting misses a lot. And then he get he takes a couple bullets and he yeah. goes down, but that gives dirty Harry the opportunity to pull off his taped knife. Oh, and, uh, and stab, uh, Scorpio. Yeah. In the leg and yep. Scorpio makes, a face and uh, like a, a scream. Oh yeah. You, like, oh, yeah. An you iconic should look screech. it up. You should look it up later. 
Oh, um, it's great. That would have been a great soundbite to play at the beginning. It just it would have been screams, but it would have been disorienting. Um, and so uh, Scorpio goes on the run. They end up chasing him to the to um, the Forty Nine er Stadium, right? Yeah, it's just it's some football stadium. I don't think it was the professional stadium. I think it was like a college stadium. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, he ends up catching Scorpio, and they take him in. And um, I don't remember who it was he was talking to. Was it like the DA? It was the DA. It was the DA. The DA um, is super upset well, by the way he searched his premises without a warrant yeah. and he tortured him to get a confession to tell him where the girl was. Yeah. And yeah. He's not happy with the way that um, Harry handled the case and pretty much says we have no evidence against this guy. He's going to walk use everything because yeah. you did it illegally. Yeah. And we're not going to waste the taxpayers money to, you know, do this trial where we're not going to be able to convict this guy. And so they let him walk. And uh, I had said earlier that um, I really liked the movie up to this point. And then after this part, once the, once Scorpio goes free, it kind of just feels like the movie started over again. It's just now he's free again, and now Harry's going to have to try to catch him again. Yeah, I feel like having chased him to this place, I don't feel like he needed a warrant. I feel like there was enough reason. No, just because... So just because you chase someone to a place doesn't mean you uh, have like reasonable suspicion that uh, this is his property. I think he did though because he was told that it was and then he saw him there and he was the same guy he stabbed. I don't know. But either way, I don't think you're allowed to torture people. You're definitely yeah, not no. allowed to torture people. And I love he tells the other cop, like, take a breath. Yeah, go take go a breath. Take a break, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. That's so. Yeah. Well, because the other cop couldn't climb the fence with him because he had eaten too much linguine. Yeah, quote, <laughs> no, too much so, linguine. I mean, but they get the location of the girl from him. Yeah, and they go and they didn't get there in time, so the girl died. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, she had already she was long dead, apparently, according to right. the coroner's report. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like it, it, it seems that uh, he had killed her a long time ago, and he was just stringing Harry along just to toy with him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think his plan was to kill Harry, and then it was mm -hmm. when Gonzalez stepped in that it changed things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, he uh, Scorpio g continues to just kind of be. A reckless criminal at this point. Well, yeah, he Scorpio really didn't get the two hundred. He dropped the two hundred thousand when he got stabbed in the leg. Right, he didn't get it, so he's still kind of like, okay, but I still want that money. And his way to get uh, Dirty Harry off his back because he notices Harry's following him. His way to get uh, Harry off his back is to pay a guy two hundred dollars to beat the ever loving crap out of him. It was mm -hmm. bad. They yeah. take him to the hospital, and he's all wrapped up, and like, and he's like, Harry Callahan did this to me, and then yeah. they're like. Yeah, they ask him like, "Did you do this?" And he's like, "No, he looks too good. If I would have beat him up, he would look worse." Yeah, um, and then they still let him work this case. Yeah, they're like all this happens, and they don't really believe that he didn't beat him up, and he admits to following him. And they're like, "Okay, well, you can still work it." Well, I I mean, to be honest, like if you would have beat somebody that bad, your hands would be messed up. That's true. Like you that's would, true. You didn't think about that. Yeah, there would be Neither evidence on Scorpio. Yeah, yeah, there would be evidence on you that you did that kind of damage mm -hmm. to someone else with your fists. Yeah, so he's still trying to get this money, and he robs a convenience store kind of randomly. And to then, get the gun. To get the gun. Oh. Because his gun was confiscated. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. That's so, why he's like, you have you ever been robbed? And I feel like if anybody, if you work at a store and anybody says you ever been robbed, you're about to mm -hmm. get robbed. Yeah. So By the person who asked. Yeah. 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 But instead, the guy pulls out his gun and shows it to him and then puts it back. 
and uh, he smashes the bottle over his head and takes like, his gun. He just bought a bottle of alcohol from him, so like he sold him the weapon that he assaulted him with. <laughs> Essentially. And then he goes and hijacks a school bus with kids on it and um, is telling the school bus driver to drive somewhere. I don't remember, but... Um, he just says drive yeah. and all, yeah. And also, uh, the, the bottle shattered when he smacked that guy in the head. Yeah. You have to hit someone pretty hard to make a full bottle of alcohol like that shatter. Yeah, the physics are pretty off on that yes. because it's sealed. And so, it like, was a fifth of Seagram's because yeah. that's what he ordered. So, it's got it's got a ton glass. of internal pressure uh-huh. along with the thick glass. Like, it, that's, yeah, the physics are pretty off on that. Or he just hits hard. I so he's in this bus. I mean, it would make sense that he got knocked out for sure. He's in this bus and he's getting them to sing like nursery rhymes with them. And this one kid uh, rebels and is kind of asking like, "Where are we going?" And the it, Scorpio full on punches him, punches the kid. Yeah. <laughs> like he was so uh, like so hard, surprisingly good with the children. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, why is he like, why is he being nice? He's to pretty the kids? good with kids, but then all, it, he was good with kids until he wasn't. Yeah. yeah, and then he like after he hits the kid, he's like keep singing if you don't keep singing i'm gonna kill all your mothers yeah <laughs> it's just like whoa and then they, that's when i thought he was good with kids <laughs> <laughs> and then he they drive uh they're approaching this like overpass and uh, i must have missed how did harry find them well because he he had asked for money because so he'd asked for money in a plane mm-hmm. so he knew i guess he knew that they were going to go to the airport and he knew where they were so Harry's just standing on a on a, tra- a bridge for like a train, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was the last, like I remembered this scene. He's just saying, he just jumps onto the bus mm-hmm. oh. while it's moving. Yeah. Like such a cool guy. Um, and then I don't know what his plan was exactly because he puts his face down and he points a gun right at him while he's driving the bus. And I'm like, were you going to kill him and then kill all the kids when the bus crashes? Yeah. I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then he gets from there, the bus ends up crashing, and Harry flies off the top and conveniently lands in this big soft pile of dirt. <laughs> um, and then he chases him through uh, some, what were they, like mining? I don't know what they were like doing. Yeah, it, yeah, it looked like it looked like a strip mining yeah. type, yeah. But it wasn't abandoned, because like, they were running. Yeah, there the, was rocks on the conveyor They were like running the belts, and there yeah. were people there. Um, and there's a shootout, and a Scorpio sees a kid fishing in a pond. And he takes him hostage instead of the guy that they passed earlier. I don't know why he passed that guy up. Because um, then Dirty Harry couldn't have shot him because there wouldn't have been room. Mm, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and so in the standoff, Harry looks like he's about to surrender. And he instead just whips his gun up and shoots Scorpio on the shoulder. The kid runs away. And he says his line again, or like his famous speech again. And that was, it was funny that you were saying like, oh, it felt like the movie repeats itself because he was literally repeating lines at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, has, they have the standoff again and he goes for the gun and Harry just shoots him right through the chest and he falls in and he dies. And then um, Harry dramatically pulls out his badge, looks at it for a little while and just tosses it into a lake. Yeah, mm-hmm. which apparently... Um, that scene, Don Siegel, the director, really liked that scene, and Clint Eastwood did not like that scene at all. Um, and I guess, according to some of the research that we were doing, that Clint Eastwood kind of interpreted that scene as him quitting, and it didn't make sense to him um, because at that time, Eastwood was already uh, working on a sequel, and he knew that police work was the only work that really suited Dirty Harry. So to him, it didn't make any sense for his character to do that. But Don Siegel kind of more interpreted that scene as um, Dirty Harry just losing his faith in the justice system, which apparently still did not convince Eastwood because Eastwood 
just didn't show up to, to film that scene that day. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, like refused to show up until finally at the end of the, the day he caved and he, and he shot that scene. It's really bold considering how many people they wanted before him for him to be like, I'm not gonna do it. I mean, I guess it was too late at that point. Yeah. Like, this is the last scene, but man. And it's Clint Eastwood. It, it makes sense. He's a bold guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does fit the character for Dirty Harry. Like, I, th- I think that Clint Eastwood does play that role really well. I think that of all the people we were talking about, even, I don't, I don't think they would have been better. I, think he was. I thought it was so interesting to kind of be watching this movie. It came out in 1971. So mm-hmm. 50 years later in 2020 to be watching this movie and to see how much of this movie uh, does not translate well to 2020. You oh know? yeah. It, it doesn't, uh, it, it yeah, does not. If hold this up. came out for the first time today as is, it would be destroyed. Very problematic, but it's interesting to see how um, still how influential that character really is still. Even we watch it and we're kind of like, wow, like he's, racist offensive like so you know um you know all that stuff uh but arnold schwarzenegger actually cited this character um as being one of the biggest influences on his career and said watching this movie inspired him to seek out action roles with wisecracking heroes who are a lot unto themselves and then um something else i found too uh was in a 2009 poll so this isn't even that long ago 2009 a poll from MTV News, the character Harry Callahan was voted the greatest movie badass of all time, beating out Rambo, mm. Ellen Ripley, uh, main character from Alien, and John McClane from Die Hard. So, which I, that's so interesting to me. I mean, I've never seen this. I, I hadn't seen it previously today. I still have not seen a single Die Hard movie, but I, I would have thought it would have been John McClane or Rambo over Dirty Harry. Yeah, but I mean, Dirty Harry makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Does it? Like, yeah, and even like there are a lot of... Uh, like, I mean, I guess he preceded all of those other characters. Right, and there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of uh, scenes from this movie that actually felt a lot to me like uh, Terminator. Really? How so? Uh, just like some of his, uh, some of his, uh, like mannerisms and body language. Mm. Like I just felt like, I mean, he's a robot, but like I felt like it felt very Terminator. Like, so you can see how oh, totally how this how this influenced, influenced him. Hmm. Yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, more even than uh, Rambo or. Do you think some of um, Harry's maybe unconventional politics influenced Arnold Schwarzenegger's? Uh, political career (laughs) (laughs) uh no comment uh (laughs) all right well uh this was a a great movie uh let's uh let's go around and do our uh, favorite line favorite scene scott um i guess it's the are you feeling lucky punk Mm. or just the hot mary Maybe I'll go with Hot Mary. That was, that was funny. I laughed at that part. Yeah. Uh, favorite scene for sure, though, is the super long um, ascent to the jumper. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, for me, my favorite scene and my like favorite, like my favorite scene is that whole bank robbing opening scene. Like if that would have been the opening to the movie, I think it would have been, I would have loved it as like our first look at Dirty Harry. I think it's a good uh, thing. I but, agree. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that my favorite line is also from that scene, but it's just the the bank robber looking at him afterwards and saying, I got to know. My favorite uh, my favorite scene is probably um, I mean, 
this isn't really my favorite scene, but I have to echo what you said, Scott. Like the the basket going like rising into frame is just fantastic. Um, I think my favorite scene though is probably uh, it's probably some of the shots in the uh, rooftop shootout. Uh, like the the shots that the 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 director and the uh and the cinematographer got were like really interesting. Uh like some of the lighting, like, you know, we we first have the the light, Gonzalez shines the light and the way it just cuts across his eyes and he just looks very like deer in the headlights mixed with sadistic psychopath, like was just really fascinating looking and like so that was probably my favorite scene. Was that right after um Harry was peeping into the window a yes. second time yes. in the movie and several windows yeah several, several windows. windows and sees an undressed woman and tells himself what does he say he you've says, earned this you no, owe it to yourself you to live to a little, to live a little yeah which again if this came out in 2020 extremely problematic oh yeah <laughs> Uh, but actually, my favorite line is when he's talking to uh, he's talking to Gonzalez's wife, and uh, she says, "You know, I don't know how I could, you know, do this. You know, being a cop's wife, it's just so hard." Uh, and uh, she asks, "Did your does your wife am I alone, or is your wife, you know, have a hard time with this too?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah, no." And you know, they they talk for a little bit, and it comes out that she's dead and uh he says you know what gonzalez is right you tell him uh that i said he should get out of this this is no life for the two of you and she says well then why are you still in it and he says i honestly don't know but it was mm-hmm. like he really meant it like it's like mm-hmm. kind of like a, a cop without a cause anymore at this point point. and i felt like that that gave so much insight into the character of dirty harry as like why he acts the way he does. It's not that he's crazy. It's not, he's just kind of like a man without a cause anymore. Yeah. Given up. Yeah. I didn't but know. But can't give up, you know, I didn't pay, I didn't give it that much heat at first, but I think I agree. Yeah. Zach, favorite line, favorite movie, um, favorite, line, favorite scene. I don't know if a specific scene sticks out to me that I can think of, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed the most, the scenes with, um, Andrew, is it Andrew Robinson? I'm blanking on his name now. Yeah. Uh, the actor who played Scorpio. Um, I really enjoyed watching him. I thought he did a really great job in this movie. Um, so any of the scenes with him, probably. I think my favorite line, and it's also one of my favorite parts of the movie, um, is when Fatso objects to climbing the fence because he had too much linguine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I my, guess we're climbing. That's no. Too much linguine. Too much linguine. That's my favorite line, I would say. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I can... I can. I can get on board with that. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for uh, listening along with us, guys. Uh, you, We'd love to hear what you think. Uh, you can reach out to us at, uh, I almost said Batchpad Podcast. Uh, you can reach out to us at Rotten Potato Pod uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, let us know what you thought about this movie uh, and let us know what you're thinking about the show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, next week, uh, we want to give you guys plenty of time to, oh, we're uh, skipping a part. Oh gosh, yeah, we I'm still so need sorry. to rate it. 
We'll get no, to that. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, but also, I think what Jake's more so talking about is our contractual obligation to mention. Uh, is that what you were talking about? It wasn't what, what I was talking about. about. Were you talking about the rating? I, w- I was going to work there eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Then yeah. I, stole, I stole your thunder. Uh, but reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Uh, and now we're going to tell you what we think. Uh, so we'll, we're going to put this into our patented uh, Rotten Potatoes uh, rating system. And uh, we'll start off with Jake. This is tough. Uh, I love Clint Eastwood, but honestly, like ha- I've rewatched a lot of Clint Eastwood movies mm-hmm. recently, and this is honestly my least favorite one that I've rewatched recently. So I'm gonna give it like a. I'm glad I still enjoyed it. I'm glad like, you nominated this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured. Well, I mean, one, I hadn't watched it in a long time. This yeah. was the rewatch. I am pretty glad. I mean, none um, of us. It's a good it. episode, and it is one of those iconic. You should have seen this movie. Yeah. So yeah. it does fit. Uh, so I'm gonna give it like six and a half. I got to nose. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> uh, hmm, I'm stuck between six and six uh, and a half. And so I'm going to give it a 6.25 punched children. I'm going to give it 4.7 hot Marys. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give this 6.9. Uh, you owe this to yourself, Harry's. Ooh, problematic. all right so this uh this came out to a 61 percent on rotten potatoes did it at least beat armageddon uh you know i haven't been writing these damn we should really need to keep track yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. i think we should post them on our insta too like after we release the episode yeah i I agree i think we should um we'll start doing that but also we we do just need to keep track of our own ratings probably um but i'm glad that we're not really comparing them to each other you know like when we're giving it a rating like, oh yeah yeah uh but uh yeah 61% uh i think that that does not beat armageddon that's a bummer <laughs> you guys did you guys rated that movie too high <laughs> armageddon no way this is armageddon was way better than this movie i liked this movie more than armageddon oh for sure me too yeah. like i i mean i take it back armageddon was perfect yeah, but uh, so uh, next uh, next week, uh, check back in with us. We're uh, going to be doing uh, this is on Zach's nomination. Oh, no, we still have your movie. Oh, we still have we still have. I have a movie coming up next you week. You do. Mm-hmm. So next week, it's on my recommendation. We have one of my favorite movies of all time, A Few Good Men. Uh, I could literally talk about this by myself uh, for like eight hours. So, uh, so good luck next week. <laughs> uh, we're all out of town. I'm just going to be talking for eight hours. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short and I'll give everyone plenty of a chance to talk. Stay safe out there. Don't be like River Phoenix. <laughs> okay. Make sure you make it to the next one. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, with that, Zach, do you have anything for our tots? Any final thoughts? Um, thoughts for tots? Yeah, actually, no. 